Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Hello and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here together working hard to improve our financial IQ. Uh, Total Wealth Academy is a coaching and consulting program where we teach people how to use real estate to build a second stream of income that meets and then supplements, I guess I should say, and then eventually meets and replaces their earned income. And we invest in everything from single-family homes to big 500,000-unit apartment complexes, self-storage complexes, senior living, hotels, anything that produces cash flow. And I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the marketplace, which I don't do a lot. But we've got two or three deals right now that are way below market and the reason that we're able to find these incredible deals if you i i consider them incredible is they're the high interest rates the high insurance rates um are all combining and the higher taxes are combining to force the sale of certain assets the interest rates being so high it's just not feasible to get full value for these apartment complexes in today's markets so they're being sold well below their actual value one property we're picking up in Corpus Christi I think it's about 200 250 units is seven million dollars below its appraised value seven million dollars below its appraised value so the moment that the members purchase that they're picking up seven million dollars equity but could they sell it for that price today probably not because of the high interest rates it's just not going to support it I read an article the other day that a lot of deals especially new construction and A-class property which I don't really care for the numbers just don't work there's just no cash flow the deals are not productive and I I find that with A-class property all the time it's almost and I know I say this but it's almost like hey look at me I've got a hundred palm trees and three swimming pools. Oh yeah, that's great. What's your cash flow? Well, no cash flow. Who cares? A class property is almost an an ego based purchase. And then the misconception that A class property is easier to run than B and C is just that. It's a misconception. Those people's standards are higher. It's just as hard to run. So what we're staying in 
are the B and C class properties. These are properties where middle class income people live. And it falls under the rule that Warren Buffett, <coughs> not Warren Buffett, I'm sorry, Sam Walton of Walmart fame, um, brought to light. He brings up the point that in most cases, if you market to the classes, you'll eat with the masses. But if you market to the masses, you'll eat with the classes. And if you look at Walmart and how strong they are, you can see there's a lot of truth to that statement. Now, does Neiman Marcus thrive? Chanel? Sure. But they are microscopic when you look at the numbers that Walmart puts up and compare them to those companies. Microscopic. So, I love the B and C-class properties. I've personally never invested in an A-class property that I know of. Um, and that's the thing that works. Especially when you can buy a C-class and raise it up to a B. In other words, you go into a B neighborhood and find a mismanaged asset, lots of rehab, go in, rehab it, manage it properly, and you can increase the value of the property dramatically by taking it from a C to a B. And that requires skill, requires a lot of rehab money, but if the numbers work, they work. And those numbers seem to be penciling out very well. We just picked up a couple hundred units for 50,000 a unit, a couple hundred units for 65,000 a unit. It's pretty hard to lose when you're paying that low of a price. When in 21-22, we were paying 80, 120, and so on per unit. So now is an incredible time to get into the market. And I just think it's going to get better as time goes on. I don't see them really reducing the interest rates until next year. I know they've stopped raising them, but I don't see them pulling back for at least another year. And I, I, I made the statement multiple times that I feel like during an election year they'll go down. But after doing some research, it's, it's not that much. It goes down a little bit, but not that much. But they will come down. They'll stabilize. I think insurance rates are going to drop. And all those things will go into making these in incredible deals even better in the long run. So now is a really good opportunity to get into deals that have cash flow now. And then, of course, when the interest rates drop, when the insurance rates drop, they'll have even more cash flow. And that will, of course, raise the net operating income, which, of course, raises the value of the property. So there's my little take on what I think the marketplace is doing and what's going on in the marketplace now. Are we finding as many deals as we did two years ago? No. 
But when we do find a deal, it's really a home run because the sellers are under stress to sell and they're selling way below market in many cases. I know that a building that I'm very familiar with was originally purchased for $35 million, say, 10 years ago, and they're now selling for $25 million. You know, that's, that's rough. But that's the marketplace. If you were the one picking it up for $25 million, you've really got a $35 million building. It's just a matter of time. Being patient, making sure it cash flows, making sure you can hold it until it does return to its value which I don't see being more than two, two, three, four years. So those of you sitting on the sidelines, I really encourage you to get educated, come to our free sample class, read, study, and I think you're going to find that, and I forget who said it. Yeah, I don't know who said it, but he said, when there's blood in the streets... That's when you invest, even if it's your blood, referring to those of you in the stock market who have lost a lot of money. All right, we'll talk more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, and I want to talk now about a technique that helps me take action and motivate myself to do the things. You know, there's a statement out there, successful people do the things that other people don't want to do. You know, like going to the gym, um, educating themselves, reading going to seminars. Successful people do those things and people who generally fail, they resist those things. They're, they're a pain. Um, it's not good. <laughs> uh, so this is a technique that I use to get myself to take action and I hope that it will help you as well. A lot of people also, I've gotten some emails Oh, I just got an email from a Greg. This is kind of a funny question. Um, do you like advertising on <laughs> on KSCV? Um, Greg, KSCV is phenomenal. The listeners of KSCV are extremely high quality. They're kind people. Um, yeah. Greg, I'm not sure what kind of business you have, but if you're thinking about about advertising on KSEV, I would definitely give it a shot. 
the staff there is phenomenal. Every team member there works hard to help you. Um, I can't tell from the name of your business what you do, but yeah, I love it and I love the listeners. Um, it, I'm on eight or nine different radio stations. This is my favorite. So definitely give it a shot. Okay, back to I get emails of people from people that warn me that I shouldn't use this technique. They want to only focus on the positive. And the technique that I'm talking about is using fear and pain as a motivator. And again, I get a lot of emails from people going, oh, you shouldn't use fear and pain. That's negative. Um, I agree. I also agree that you must be cautious when using fear and pain as a motivator because it can lead to what I jokingly call the dark side of motivation, which is blaming. When you start blaming other people, blaming the government, blaming the economy, blaming this, blaming that, you're in the dark side and fear and pain can kind of lead towards that angle. So you have to be cautious when you use this technique. But the reason that I incorporate fear and pain into my daily motivational routine is because we will do three times as much to avoid pain as we will to gain pleasure. A simple example is this. If I call you up at 2 a.m. and you answer the phone and I say, you want a bicycle, you need to get in your car and drive down to the radio station. We've got this bicycle waiting for you, but you have to be here within one hour. The likelihood of you getting out of bed is low. You're going to complain. You're going to say, can I pick it up tomorrow? Can I maybe pick it up after work tomorrow? You're going to try to talk them out of that one-hour deadline. But let's say that you already have a bicycle. It's 2 a.m. And I call you. And I say, hey, there's somebody stealing your bicycle right now. You know what you would do? Immediately jump out of bed. Immediately run downstairs to try and save your bicycle. You'll do three times as much to avoid pain as you will to gain pleasure. So for me, I like to use positive and negative motivation to get myself to take action. You know, I fear being broke. I fear not being able to provide for my family. I fear not leaving a legacy. I fear not giving to charity, having enough to give to charity. I use those fears to motivate me. So when I write down my list of reasons that I want to achieve a goal, I have two sides, the positive and the negative. And I write them all down. 
And that, in my opinion, supercharges your motivation. Because you've got what you don't want, and you've got what you want. And when you combine the two, it really is encouraging and motivating. You know, as weird as it sounds, my fear of being broke is an encouraging fear. It encourages me to study, to invest, to take risks, and so on. So, what I want to talk about today is fear and desire. And I think that the two of these, fear also includes pain. Because we all fear pain, as a rule. Um, but let's... The objective of this show today is to show you how to face any fear and build up a burning desire for what you want out of life. The uh, Oddly enough, fear is the number one cause of failure. Number one, if you have the fear of asking that beautiful girl out or that handsome guy out, Fear keeps you from trying. Fear of rejection, fear of being embarrassed, fear of whatever, keeps you from doing it. And if you don't do something, you're going to fail at it. If you don't try it, you're going to fail at it. Oddly enough, this is what's bizarre. You know that the number one fear that holds you back is the fear of failure. So the number one cause of failure is the fear of failure. Now, I'm going to leave this alone, this thought alone, for now. But we'll come back to it. So keep that in the back of your mind. The fear of failure is the number one fear that causes you to fail. So, you must understand that whatever you fear most will come true. An example I can give you, I had a friend who was afraid of competition. Constantly. He would use phrases like, oh, we got to keep moving forward. I don't want to get run over from behind by competition, competition, competition. And he, he would sue people that he thought were competition to keep them from being competition. Just constant fear of competition. He screwed his partner financially. And guess what his partner is, ex-partner is now? His own competition. Because he feared competition and thought about it all the time, he created his own competition. He created it. 100% responsible. What you think about comes true. Now, this holds true for positive things as well. If you constantly think about building a second stream of income and you focus on it and you 
study it and you think about it, you're going to eventually have a second stream of income. 